Yep, we're still here. It's Mile High Magazine. I am Murphy Houston. Time for our weekly visit with Dr. John Douglas of Tri-County Health to check up on the COVID situation in Colorado. We're almost afraid to ask about it, but we need to. Joining me, as always, my friend Jayla Sanchez-Warren, who runs the Area Agency on Aging with Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Government. Who's uh, She's hunkered down up in Evergreen. Things good up there, Jayla? They are. They're good. You're safe? Everything's good? Huh? You got a helicopter? Well, you're, I you're, got a helicopter. I'm watching a helicopter right now. Oh, I thought you had a helicopter. Though. Wow, they're taking no. care of you. Wow. Yeah, that's no. Fantastic. Yeah, my went up. No. Yeah, well, that's great. <laughs> so, as always, we are blessed and very thankful to have our good friend, Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health, formerly with the CDC. He comes in every week with a little COVID update on what's going on in the state of Colorado. So, Dr. John, what is the update on Colorado? Uh, the update is that things are continuing to go up, Murph. Um, we are really... Caught in uh, exponential growth, upward spiral. Um, we're now about, I think, 10th or 12th in the country in terms of our daily rates. Oh, geez. Our hospitalizations are going up. Our hospitals have enough capacity now, but they're starting to worry about their staffing. Um, I'm going to be on a call at 11 with the governor's expert emergency epidemiologic um uh, uh, recommendation committee about whether we need to consider crisis standards of care in Colorado. I don't think we're there yet, but it, I, I, I watch the tea leaves and I'm worried that we're moving really fast. So um, this is a this is a a time of uh, great concern. I'd have to say. What do you think, Jayla? You've been saying that for a while. We have got to stay home. We cannot get sick. We can, you just got to stay home. I know it's hard. You have to stay home. If you can't, if you have to go out, wear your mask, wear your gloves. If you're a, a, a someone that needs groceries, needs medications, call the Area Agency on Aging at 303-480-6700. We can um, work with you to get you what you need delivered so that you don't have to go out. I know it's difficult, but just stay home. We yeah. don't need to burden the hospitals, and we are. We're talking about crisis standards of care, and that means shortage of staff, shortage possible in other states like other states, shortages of medications. You don't want to get sick just so you won't have to deal with it. Yeah, I know. Yes. You know, Jayla, this is such a great time to have a group like yours able to step in and help some of our most vulnerable citizens because um, I think your message is absolutely correct. Right now is the time for all of us to make up the individual choice to stay at home. It's two weeks before Thanksgiving. Those of us who watch these data are just scared to death about what traditional American Norman Rockwell-style gatherings for Thanksgiving might mean. And we just hate the idea that we can't live our lives to the fullest, but this is just absolutely the year we've got to reset those expectations for our own sake, for our loved one's sake, and frankly, for the broader community's sake. So your message is right on target. Oh, it definitely is. And thanks for those words, Dr. Jump. I have a little good news, though, on that related topic about families staying separated for Thanksgiving. The grocery stores are reporting a shortage on small turkeys, not big turkeys. Yay! (laughs) Seriously. Well, now that... Murph, you, you've got you're an epidemiologist in the making. That's a that's a clue we hadn't looked at. The size of turkey sales. But I, I, I like that. And one and here's another one you'll like too. 
Whole Foods is teaming up with an insurance company, and if you buy a turkey from Whole Foods now until, like, I think the 20th of November, and you're a first-time cook because you're used to being with your family, but now you're not going to be, so you got to cook your own turkey, if you destroy it with this insurance policy, they'll give you a new one. <laughs> oh. I mean, that's I'll tell you what, you got People working together. Look at this. I, I, I just love it. To keep folks at home and in small groups. You know, for me, Murph, I might need uh, uh, two or three turkeys to make sure I get one that'll work. But, uh. <laughs> well, I can't give you an insurance policy on that, Doctor John. I wish I could, but I, I just can't do it. So, I, I kind of on a related topic too with the grocery stores. I was doing some homework, and I'm sure you can verify this. But all of a sudden, it looks like some grocery stores are actually becoming hotspots again. Is that true? Um, I'm not, I'm not aware of that, Murph. I, I, I will tell you that one of the things that concerns me is that we get updated weekly modeling reports from the School of Public Health who's, who's really done such a fantastic job to try to help us understand where we're going. They tell me now that in my three counties, the proportion of people who are actively infected right now, Thursday morning, ranges between a half percent in Douglas County. That's one out of every 200 up to 1.8% in Adams County. That's one out of every 56. Wow. So with those kind of numbers, if I'm going to the grocery store and I let any of the lap, I lapse in any of the ways that Jayla talked about, there is a possibility I could get uh, infected. We did have one circumstance of of a a grocery store where a worker uh, knew they were infected, went to work. Uh, that created some uh, some concern. Uh, one of the reasons that we really try to educate people as strongly as possible about the need to isolate, and isolation means stay away from other people when you're infected, is to avoid that kind of circumstance. So um, apart from that... I, I just want to remind people that the governor put in provisions, and the federal government put in provisions, to protect someone's job if they have a suspected case of COVID, if they have COVID, or if they have a family member with COVID. And if you want information about those employment laws, you can call my office as well, and, and we can send that out to you. Because it, it is illegal to make someone work, not saying that, that they were forced to work, but to make someone work. Um, if there's a suspected case of COVID or you have a family member that you have to care for that has COVID. So um, call our office if you need that employment um, law or, or those changes. Taylor, that's such a fantastic reminder because I think many people just don't know that. There is so much happening now that to know what the data are doing, to know what the regulations are in my county, and to know those kind of resources it's almost a full-time job to keep up with it. So thank you so much for making that clear. I think that's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, Dr. John, uh, President-elect Joe Biden has put together his own COVID-19 task force. And a couple of the people that he put on there, I think, I don't know, a couple of days ago, they're suggesting a four- to six-week shutdown across the country, however, also provide financial aid to people that are obviously at home and businesses and the like. Do you think that's a possibility? You know, I'm, I'm obviously not on the task force. I do think when you look at the epidemiologic data, there's a, a, a rationale to do that. I mean, Colorado's not the worst state in the country. Those are the Dakotas right now. But honestly, we're close to hitting our hospital capacity limits. 
we have exceeded our contact tracing capacity limits. We can't begin to keep up with everybody who tests to interview them, to interview their contacts. And a lot of people have talked about the only way to really reset this is some sort of strong uh, message that the kind of social gatherings that we begin this conversation by talking about, some kind of strong message, and, and stay at home is a strong message, uh, maybe one of the most uh, um, important last-ditch things that we can do. And if we've got the capacity to pay folks when they're not able to work, We've been doing that for farmers, by the way, since the Great Depression. Right. We give farmers funding not to grow crops sometimes. And if, if we can get Congress in action to do that, I think that I'd like to see us avoid it, but I could see that being necessary, at least in some of the states that are just burning red hot. Uh, you don't think, I mean, you probably talked to the governor more than most. Is he heading that direction? I mean, he seems pretty solid about not having to do that, correct? The governor really doesn't want to do that, and you know he's made it pretty clear he's a he's a his leadership style is he'd rather not have centralized power and decision making. He'd rather have local officials step up and own the problem and address it. Um, I think he also realizes is that we don't have the money to pay uh, restaurants and other uh, businesses to pay their workers, and he knows there will be economic pain. Um, he knows there'll be mental health pain and distress. So I, I think based on his governing philosophy and based on those realities, the signals I'm getting so far is that he's reluctant to do that. I'll just note that the worse the pandemic gets, the more we're going to see economic pain anyway, the more we're going to see the kind of physical pain Jayla was talking about. And honestly, one of the things that when you uh, look at surveys of school kids and ask them what they're worried about, they're worried about people getting sick. They're not, they, they don't like necessarily being at home and studying remotely, but they're worried that they're going to get it. They're worried that they're going to be the one who makes their class be quarantined because they got it. And they're worried about a teacher who they may feel close to getting sick. So there's, there, there is uh, peril economically and, and mental health-wise on both sides of this uh, important decision. What do you think, Jayla? I, I think it's right. You know, we don't often talk about the cost of the health care. And if more and more of us are sick, that has an economic impact as well. Um, and, and people need to consider that as well. Um, the sooner we get this under the control, the, the sooner we can go on with a normal life. Um, but if we don't take steps, it's just going to drag out and drag out and drag out. And in the meantime, you know, regular economy um, stagnates and the health economy, the health care costs more, goes up and up and up and up. Um, so it's, it's really hard because, you know, like Dr. Douglas said, it, there's economic consequences on both sides of it. And, and there are definitely psychological and, uh, consequences either way too. You know, I, I understand the fear of going out right now. Um, but I also understand the, the dread of having to stay in um, and feeling and, and, and not having your family come. So it's just, it, it feels like a no-win situation, but we can. It's not, it doesn't have, it could be a shorter-term solution if we all just do what we're supposed to do. I agreed. Uh, and here's something else I read today, Dr. John. You'll love this. One out of three Americans don't believe the pandemic is real. Well, that's a sad statistic. We, we know we're living in an age of disinformation, and uh, 
Oh, God, it's, I mean, it, it breaks my heart to, to hear that sort of thing. I think the mixed messaging we've had coming since the start of the epidemic has created understandable confusion, and when, the, when that information is deliberate, it makes it all the worse. Um, I do want to pick up on a thread of what Jayla said, is that the sooner all of us can hunker down, be resilient, stay at home, and by the way, communicate to our friends, stay at home. If you call me up, Murph, and invite me to dinner, I should say, it's a wonderful invitation, Murph. I'm sorry I can't make it. And by the way, you shouldn't have a dinner party. <laughs> you and I should Zoom together and not get together. Um, I, I, I want to offer one glimmer of hope. I'm Mr. Uh, you know, rose-colored glasses, but I was very impressed at the news we heard about the Pfizer vaccine earlier this week. Right. We haven't seen the data, but we're going to be getting vaccine ready to distribute unless some unexpected thing happens with the Pfizer uh, final data analysis sometime in mid to late December to begin to get it to our first tier of workers. We will not have it for everybody right away. But I just think that when you see that light at the end of the tunnel, that's a signal. We know we can make it. We know we can hunker down. We know we can get to the top of the mountain. It's not forever. And I just want to offer that forth as some hope for what we should be uh, doing when we're burning our third turkey for Thanksgiving uh, <laughs> and, and doing it on our own. Because I think next year is going to be brighter. We just want as many of us around as possible uh, next year by being smart now. Well, you know what? Here's the way I look at it. Jayla, Dr. John Douglas, when you get together with these families, always Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's always an aunt and an uncle or somebody you don't want to be around. You don't like them anyhow. <laughs> so you might as well just stay home. Now you got an excuse. <laughs> here's, your, here's your perfect excuse. Exactly. Well, they, or that's a really Scrooge-like way to encourage people to behave safely, but uh, whatever it takes. <laughs> but it's true. There's always somebody. calling you Scrooge. <laughs> well, you know me. I always try to bring a little laugh to it all, too, but it is very serious. And what Dr. John tells us is it's so imperative to listen to what advice he gives you week in and week out for your, safe, your safety, your family safety, everybody. Please pitch in. I know there's going to be some cold, dark days ahead because it's wintertime. We're all going to be locked in, but we got to pitch in to do it. If we don't do it, who's going to do it? Right, Dr. John? Absolutely. It really is all of us. Well, appreciate you coming on. I'll be over for turkey. Get a small one because I don't eat much. And yeah, uh, what I'll do is leave a little plate covered with aluminum foil of the, of the drumstick I burned for you, okay? Yeah, right on the porch. <laughs> then I'll just drop by and pick porch. it up for sure. Yeah. You can wave through the window. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you, All Dr. Right. John Douglas, Tri-County Health. Thanks, buddy. Stay healthy, will right. you? Yeah, the same to you guys. Take care. Yeah, yeah you Bye. take care Thank of yourself, you. too. Yeah, Bye -bye. He's, he's, he's got the message, doesn't he, Jayla? He does. I mean, it's so important we all listen. I know it's hard, but you know what? We can do this. We can do this. Yes, we can. We can do it, and we need to start yeah. now. Don't put it off. Thank you, Dr. John Douglas, Tri-County Health. We'll talk to you next week. Jayla Sanchez-Warren from the Area Agency on Aging over at Dr. Cog. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you. Smile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston. We'll talk to you next weekend.